0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates by a half a percentage point. As real estate investors, we can raise a glass and make a toast to Jerome Powell. The Fed has been saying for some time they intend to address a downturn with aggressive monetary policy. And today's announcement was not at the regularly scheduled meeting that happens every six weeks. The last time the Fed took extraordinary action like this was during the financial crisis in 2008. This week's move will lower the cost of borrowing for some, but not all, loans. Long-term rates are linked to the yield in the 10-year treasury, which is determined by market forces more than the actual short-term lending rate set by the Fed. Still, it's a positive step for real estate investors. Some homeowners and investors will choose to accelerate their planned refinance to take advantage of the lower interest rates. That lower rate will create more free cash flow in the economy that could eventually make its way back into the economy. Some will choose to maintain their current payments and increase the principal portion of the payment to accelerate the amortization of the loan. In terms of the broader economy and the economic downturn, like we talked about last week, this tool is completely useless as a countermeasure to the coronavirus-induced slowdown in the global economy. I canceled two trips in the past week because of concerns about flying in a COVID-19 environment. I caught the H1N1 swine flu when I was traveling in Japan back in 2009, and I know exactly what that's like. I have no desire to be laid up in bed for a few weeks or worse, and I have no desire to be in a mandatory quarantine situation for two to three weeks. I have no desire to accelerate the spread of the disease. It's not like the lower interest rates would stimulate me to travel again. The interest rates have no influence on my decision to travel or not. Economists don't really have a vocabulary to describe this situation. They tend to think in terms of price elasticity of demand. The concept of price elasticity describes how sensitive demand is to a change in price. For example, if my flight to Italy last week was to increase, say, to $2,000, I would probably choose not to travel based on price, and, of course, because of the risk of coronavirus infection. But if the price were to drop to, say, $300, I would definitely travel under normal circumstances, but we're not in normal circumstances, and I would still choose not to travel because of the risk of the coronavirus infection. So while demand might be elastic with price, it's highly inelastic due to the coronavirus. The two are not connected in any way. So that's the demand side of the equation. Let's look a little bit at the supply side. A recent report published in the Harvard Business Review last week speaks directly to the supply chain disruptions. If you want to go buy a new Fiat automobile, they've shut down the factory in Serbia due to parts shortages. Perhaps you're looking for a new Hyundai or Kia SUV. Here, too, manufacturing plants in Korea have been shut down due to parts shortages. Now, there's a fairly healthy inventory on dealer lots in the market. Luxury automakers like Mercedes and BMW have the lowest inventories in the market at 35 days. Ford has nearly 80 days of inventory on dealer lots. And in fact, Kia only has 34 days of inventory we can start to expect supply chain disruptions starting to appear in dealer showrooms in the coming weeks as lead times for new cars extend. Those with inventory will get the sale. 60 days of inventory is considered normal in the industry. So perhaps lower interest rates might stimulate a few people to go out and buy a new car. For the time being, there's ample supply, but in a few weeks we can expect some models will be more difficult to source. Some buyers may substitute for another product. Then again, some may choose to wait until conditions normalize before making any major financial decisions. Some people, including myself, are stocking up on everyday essentials. I've got about two months' supply of toilet paper at my house. Some stores have reported running out of inventory completely. And while toilet paper is selling really well right now, once the coronavirus outbreak is over with, I won't be buying toilet paper for a little while. And that immediate increase in demand will be balanced by a slowdown in demand in future months. The previous rate cuts earlier in 2019 are partly credited with increasing mortgage balances across the nation, and they did spark a spending spree in the third and fourth quarter. Holiday shopping numbers were up 3% in bricks and mortar retail and up 18% in online shopping. But the current round of panic buying is causing many stores to run out of everyday products. We're seeing widespread reports of outages of painkillers, cleaners, paper products, and bottle water. I mean, go figure. I can't imagine the coronavirus outbreak all of a sudden going to make the municipal water supply shut off. Suffice to say, the attempt to stimulate the economy where the supply chains have been disrupted won't help if the manufacturers can't get their product to market. A half point drop in interest rates won't create more surgical masks, manufacture more Tylenol, or bring more container ships from China. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day Go refinance your portfolio, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.